You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. Bloomberg Business of Sports contributor Don Kissy sat down recently with Earl Patton, managing partner of Rumble Ventures. It's a VC firm that's looking to invest in sports in Africa. Let's dive into their discussion about why Patton believes the sports and entertainment industry in Africa is on the rise. My journey in sports actually began with um, the NBA. So I worked for two NBA teams. My first start was with the Portland Trailblazers. And I worked in what's called um, managing um, partnership um, account relations. So all the corporate sponsors that were part of the um, Portland Trailblazers portfolio, I managed you know, their um, relationship with the team with respect to business development and marketing. Um, then I actually joined the Cleveland Cavaliers on the basketball operations side. So um, a lot of that had to do with um, player relations, uh, salary cap management, scouting, and all of the nuances that go into managing a front office of a um, basketball team working under um, Jim Paxson. Um, when I left the um, Cavaliers, I actually joined um, Sony. So I had some opportunities to work um, further in the NBA, but I wanted to you know, kind of expand my bandwidth within the sports business overall. And Sony um, had an interesting um, opportunity in there was called their Broadcast Business Solutions Group. And that's just a fancy, I guess, terminology for saying, you know, all of the production capacity that goes into the television networks and so forth of uh, a sports team um, or even a sports broadcasting like NBA TV or whatever the case may be. So for the, mm-hmm. for the most part, that was the business-to-business uh, marketing. Yeah, which is so fascinating because when you think of sports today, you think of media. So you going to Sony, it's like, did you have a premonition or did you just see this is where the industry was going more and more? You know, a little bit of both. And interesting enough, um, the position that I had, um, being that we are doing um, relationships with teams, the fact that a matter that Sony has a, um, a consumer division where, you know, they did sports marketing on the consumer side, that pretty much gave me a, a, a real advantage um, with respect to kind of closing deals. So, you know, and we would embed a lot of the Sony group companies because you have Sony Entertainment, Sony Music, Sony Television, um, Sony Consumer Electronics. So when you have that whole um, portfolio of assets, um, you can really do some interesting things with respect to um, relationships and sports. So um, from there, I'm in Sony 
and I had an opportunity for, uh, to join um, their FIFA project office. So how that happened is um, one of our actually clients that we were engaged with was actually Arsenal. And I'm at a meeting and someone asked me, am I attending SoccerX? And I never heard of SoccerX. And SoccerX is one of the biggest global. The beautiful um, game. Yeah. It's the business. Soccer. Yeah, football. Hello. The, but it's the biggest <laughs> forum for the business of soccer. And it was actually being um, held in South Africa. So I just said, okay, you know what? I had some vacation time. So I, and I noticed that Sony was actually sponsoring SoccerX. So I went to South Africa and um, met some of my colleagues there. And we actually had an exchange about what I was doing in the U.S. and what they're doing with respect to their um, relationship with FIFA. They just took out a partnership with the World Cup uh, 2010 in South Africa and 2014 in Brazil. And they asked, would I be interested in, in joining? And um, coincidentally, um, human resources started to um, unpack what was called a um, you know, a international program where you can actually take on an international assignment. So I told my colleagues that, you know, that I met there that let me work on the U.S. side to actually, you know, be part of the international program. Mm -hmm. And um, to plant so, those roots, essentially, to plant those right? roots. So I was deployed to uh, headquarters um, in Tokyo, Japan, to uh, join that um, specific group uh, to go over strategy and how we're going to, you know, deploy uh, our marketing strategy and our business development strategy with partnership with FIFA. And then um, after that, I was assigned specifically to South Africa, um, where I lived um, prior to the World Cup and post-World Cup um, to actually manage that activation. Nice, nice. So speaking of activation, we all remember the World Cup in South Africa. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, both as someone that was tangled up with it in the weeds, on the ground, now as an investor, do you think it was a success? I mean, worldwide, the World Cup is always a success for the fans. But from someone that was there from inception to end. I believe it was the best World Cup ever. You think so? Absolutely. South Africa. Absolutely. The fans, the media. The fans, the culture, um, you know, it, it and it gave a voice to the power of um, sports in Africa. And mm -hmm. I think it was one of the beginning catalysts with respect to Africa's growth within the sports sector. Mm. Uh, I, I think that pretty much... That and the NBA actually opening up an office during actually the same time in 2010, um, pretty much, you know, I put put Africa on the map. I could see that NBA Africa is essentially a brand unto itself right now. Oh, right. You've 100%. got the BAL and the moves the NBA is making on the ground and mm -hmm. both globally with a focus on Africa. You can tell the league is not just looking to recruit the next LeBron. They're mm. looking to build and plant roots. They're doing all kinds of clinics and courts. So let's keep it moving. Let's talk about Africa, the continent, all yep. 53 countries, as a, quote, sports investment. You're a managing partner and founder of Rumble, which word on the street is it's doing really well. You know, I want to talk about venture because, after all, this is Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. Why Africa, Earl? Yes, you have roots there. You've experienced business there and culture and leisure and lifestyle. But why? Why now? Why would you make this move at this stage in your career? Okay. Very simply, if you're an investor or a entrepreneur or a corporation of any type looking for market, I mean, that's, you know, Econ 101. And if I presented you a market that is um, close to 2 billion in population, 70% uh, of the population is under 30. So uh, heavy youth demographic. Um, mobile proliferation, penetration, and consumption is highest any, uh, from anywhere in the world. And um, seven of the top 10 fastest growing economies 
or based within that region, would you be interested in said market? Me personally, absolutely. Right. If I was writing checks, even more so. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um, couple that with the fact that um, if you look at you know, venture capital in any type of deployment or any type of sector, Africa receives less than 1% of VC funding, but yet is home to 17% of the world's population. Now, if you compare that with, let's say, North America, where they receive 65% of that you know, venture capital infusion, but only have 5% of the population, there's your scale, there's your opportunity. You know. Got it. So tell me what Rumble is doing today. You founded the firm, you're mm -hmm. the managing partner, you've probably done a raise or two or three, tell us more about that. But right now, as the founder of Rumble Ventures, that's focused on Africa and mm -hmm. let's say, you know, for better or for worse, other developing markets, what are you looking for? Okay, so quite simply in a sentence, uh, we are investing in the commercialization of Africa's sports sector. And pretty much what that means is that, you know, and let's take a step back, let's say with the U.S., you know, one thing that the United States does very well is that it has a robust sports economy and it's treated as an asset class and as a business. So what we started to um, pinpoint was the opportunities in order to scale Africa's um, sports business and utilize um, that wealth of opportunity in order to bring investors into the fold to say, you know, the, the growth, is, the growth opportunity is there. Th this is how the market looks. With respect to on the advisory side, we've helped leagues, federations, teams, and governing bodies structure different business models in order to be receptive of um, more global investment. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, one of the largest revenue streams with any um, sports business is sports merchandise. Okay. In North America, the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball, and even Major League Soccer, they negotiate with one merchandising partner. So Nike is the sponsorship uh, merchandise partner for the NBA and the NFL, for example. In Africa, um, if you take, you know, uh, let's say one of their soccer leagues, mm -hmm. each team negotiates separately with a merchandise partner. So, you know, and quite naturally, the bigger teams are going to have, let's say, the Nikes or Adidas, and maybe the smaller market teams may have, um, you know, an unknown or a smaller, let's say, merchandise brand, where you can bring on better practices to say, hey, if you structure yourself where you negotiate with one merchandise partner, it gives incentive to the Nikes and Adidas to say, hey, you know what, I can actually optimize um, the potential of the growth within sports merchandising. So one quick example of that was um, during the, um, I think the World Cup in Russia, when Nike um, released Nigeria's um, soccer kit, um, it was the most heaviest demand. Um, really? Soccer jersey. Nigeria. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. In Russia? In Russia, well globally. Yeah. But it was, um, Nike did a, an unveiling of their, um, the Nigerian um, mm -hmm. national team soccer kit. Mm -hmm. I literally was getting phone calls to say, hey, next time you're in the States, please go to Nike and pick me up with these jerseys. Serious. It was that serious. And yeah. think about it. These are two emerging economies, right? Absolutely. We know Russia for one thing, mm -hmm. but we know Nigeria as an OPEC member state yep. and as a massive oil producer. Yep. 
hugely, for the most part, educated population. Mm -hmm. They tend to, they're more mobile, mm -hmm. let's say, than a lot of other Africans in certain economies. Uh, that's a fascinating story, yeah, to be honest. Because the thing is, one thing um, the U.S. has is in terms of the advantage of our sports leagues is that, you know, they're exempt from, they have an antitrust law exemption, you know, because sports leagues in the U.S. are, you know, quasi-monopolies. Mm. And what that allows them to do is it, in order to, have a better um, fiduciary control mm -hmm. is to, you know, bring in a, a, a wealth of funds or wealth of, you know, money that, you know, there's splits between the teams and the leagues, what have you. That practice alone is what makes, you know, the U.S. sports market so big. So if you take those, again, best practices and so forth into Africa um, with growth sectors in sports such as, um, you know, soccer, Rugby is a huge sport in Africa. Um, you actually have seven African countries that are in the top um, 50 of world rankings in rugby. You know, South Africa is number four. Kenya is in the top 20. But you have other countries such as, you know, Madagascar, Uganda, um, Cote d'Ivoire, um, Zambia, and um, Botswana that actually have um, world-class rugby. Now, those countries that I just mentioned they're nestled within other countries in those rankings that have a way um, a bigger GDP. So imagine now if you started to invest in structure and so forth, what the potential that can be. Yeah. You strengthen their league. And then if you strengthen their league, you strengthen global TV rights and so forth. Global so TV on. rights. But also there's a infrastructure, right? Yep. It's an investment, sports investment within Africa, continental Africa. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. <laughs> Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You and I spoke about this prior to this, this recording. Um... It's an entry point, mm -hmm. right? Yep. If you find someone that wants to take a stake in a team or a venture, that's their way in yep. to the country 
AKA the continent. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how, how are you selling this to investors? Are you selling it as, okay, population is young, it's booming, it's burgeoning, engagement levels are high. But you know, when you think of Africa, there's agriculture, mm-hmm. there's infrastructure, mm-hmm. there's real estate, there's tech. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and okay. how, from an investor perspective, it's a ripe opportunity? So let's touch on, let's say, real estate and tech. Um, and I can go into you know various verticals, but let's touch on those two. So real estate, the largest asset class in the world. And in the United States, and again, I'm doing some you know comparisons, when I go to, I'm from Brooklyn, and so if I want to go see a game, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's in the house. If I want to go see a game at the Barclays Center, I can go, but I also can live in the area. So I can have, they have a precinct, a sports precinct that has residential, commercial. I can go across the street to Target. I can go have dinner, what have you. Um, for the most part in Africa, a lot of the arenas and stadiums are built as almost standalones. So one of the things that we're actually working on with um, in investors and with you know um, the respective stakeholders is actually building sports precincts and having these commercial uh, residential entities with a sports stadium, whether it be uh, an arena or a stadium, being the anchor point into which all of that entertainment is is built around. And so that adds a tremendous value because the thing is, is that real estate is transferable in terms of a knowledge base anywhere in the world. So, Very true. You know, and then tech um, is pretty much an over overarching driver for a lot of this. So if you think about it, you know, Africa is pretty much a mobile first economy, you know. And then the other thing with tech is if you look at the influx of um, uh, investment, a lot of that has gone into fintech in in Africa. Um, But if you're going to grow a system in which payments can be made and then which transactions can be made, then you have to have a uh, other systems of growth in which people can actually purchase certain things. Mm-hmm. So when I go, again, I go back to the merchandising example. Whenever I'm in Africa and I travel back to the States, because I live between um, you know, both um, continents, I'm always asked to bring back something. And more than times than not, it's a Yankee hat. Really? Yeah, Jay-Z has <laughs> made the Yankee hat <laughs> the most. That's what they're looking for. The, the, so the kid from Brooklyn... Once a Yankee <laughs> has to bring back a Yankee hat um, to some extent. And they don't want just one Yankee hat. They want a new era Yankee hat. So it's a specific Yankee hat. So I have to go to Lids and pick something up. So the thought process. But is it goes that, to show you the power, right? The power. The power of the branding, the image, and just right. how on the other side of the planet, people have their eyes on something that was conceived and created and marketed worldwide right. from the U.S. Right. So right? now. What do the conversations with investors become? Is that, okay, you know, can we have conversations with, you know, the lids or the other sports merchandising companies of the world to actually have a presence in Africa, um, actually, you know, speak to uh, more manufacturing um, direct? And the one thing about Africa is that it has a a very relaxed um, trade agreement between transactions um, in between countries. Mm-hmm. Now- That's recent. That's I recent. Believe, yeah, I think right. 2018, it was with the Africa Free Trade Absolutely. Cooperation Agreement. Absolutely. You mentioned value, right? Mm-hmm. Again, you're an investor, you've been here, you've been there, you're highly connected, you're doing your thing. Can you talk about how undervalued this whole process has been? I oh. mean, Africa wasn't in the pitch deck 25 years ago, right. maybe even a decade ago. Right. It was a nice to have right. if we could maneuver our way in. Yes. So right now, where do you see the value? Population, mm-hmm. growth, more and more people coming online. 
yes, you're tapping into all these touch points, but if I were sitting here and I said, Earl, here's 500 million, mm -hmm. what would you do with it? What would Rumble do with it? Well, first of all, I would say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go home and be like, what did I just do? <laughs> no, you're, you're, you would be in good hands. With you're it. welcome. <laughs> and the thing is why you would be in good hands is because you can spread that throughout um, various touch points within um, sectors of growth. So everything from um, companies that are looking to accumulate data, mm -hmm. um, mobile ticketing, um, fantasy sports, as well as um, sports betting. And sports betting is really, really taking off in Africa. Really? Between sports betting? Yes. Is it as political there as it is here? Uh, n I wouldn't say it's as political. I mean, it is obviously, you know, sports betting is going to be heavily regulated um, throughout various regions. Okay. But in terms of something of growth, I mean, you know, Betway is there. Um, uh, 888 is there. Um, all the major betting houses are, are there because for the most part, they... Um, they pretty much have absorbed, let's say, the UK and Europe where betting was pretty much kind of like the first um, point of entry. Um, the U.S. is obviously coming aboard, you know, state by state because there's no federal framework. But Africa is really offering a tremendous opportunity in that space. Esports is also a taking off very um, in terms of popularity. Esports. E esports. E so my 500 million. 20% in esports, another 20-25 in sports betting, yep. and the rest in merchandising. I can put in merchandising okay. and, real <laughs> and infrastructure. Estate. Yeah, but the other thing is, is that if you, um, what investors also in, are in tune with is the ancillary support systems that go in with, with sports betting. So if you look at, you know, owners of NBA, NFL teams, what have you, mm. yes, they own a team, but their other business is also a core business and what they're looking for growth. Yeah, it's just so, a, it's another asset. It's another asset. Okay. So if you're looking at, let's say, the merchandising space, one of the things that you're going to have to do is, particularly with e-commerce, is get those um, products in people's hands. So investing in, let's say, last mile delivery, you know, it did, it's doing pretty well for Jeff. Very you know, true. For Sir Bezos. It's doing incredibly well. <laughs> so, you know, it's doing incredibly well. Again, Whether you're on the rickshaw or a scooter, it's, yeah. It's doing pretty well. Yeah, so well. the thing is, when we give advisory as to how to deploy capital, it's in the sports sector, but also to be an entry point into ancillary businesses in which we can take positions also. Bloomberg Business of Sports contributor Don Kissy speaking to Earl Patton, managing partner of Rumble Ventures, a VC firm looking to grow sports and entertainment in Africa. Thanks for joining us for this special bonus, bonus, bonus episode of the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday as we cover all the big money stories in the world of sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.